Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Liz Loza. We've got Matt Harmon. Producer Brett is, of course, in the house because without him, well, we would just press record and God knows what we'd end up with. Yeah, I mean, well, also, do you even know how to press record? Do you even know where to press the record why button? You, why are you coming at me like that? Already well, because I don't. I don't know how to set so why, this up. So why are you throwing it at me, though? You want me to... <sighs> Liz, this could just be a general... Like you, as in hypothetically uh, speaking. So I answer the question: Do you know how to? Do you would you know how to record it and then? Uh, I could do then, it in GarageBand. Yeah, right. Well, this is not GarageBand. This <laughs> is a, a high, I mean, this might we might as well be in a garage. There's a there's a box over there, a cardboard box of of God knows what. There's some system here that Ravi bought uh, a year ago and hasn't. We've not done anything with. Look at you putting everybody on blast immediately. You throw me under a bus. You put your social producer on blast, Robbie. Robbie, I think you're great. I can't pronounce your last name, but you're aces. Do you know Ram Gopal, by the way? But do you know that there's probably like a 0% chance he's listening to this right now? But other people are, which is why we're doing a show. And this is a show I have to, I mean, like the free agency wrap-up shows. I was sort of like, all right, let's talk about Mike Davis. But this show... Is exciting because we're going to talk about rookies and Matt and I have been watching tape. We've been taking notes. I take them both. First, well, I want to know your process, but <laughs> All right. I will say that first I watch a bunch of tape and I just have a notebook with a regular pen, like mm. a ballpoint pen at the ready. And then I just start writing stuff down. Like, I mean, some might say like a beautiful mind. You yeah. know, like the, that angry white guy in that movie whose name I don't remember. He played Gladiator too. Russell Crowe. Yeah, Russell Crowe. I'm like that. Just like, maybe there's a, a quadratic equation that shows up, some geometric figures. It's all sourcing. And then I come up with some thoughts and then I start typing. Mm. What about you? So when it's typed, it's official. It's Facebook official. I mean, sure. For my great aunt to read on Facebook. Yeah. Perfect. Um, I think that, yeah, that's pretty similar to what I do, too. I like to take handwritten notes, but usually um, I go one step further on the psycho uh, train and I actually do it on post-it notes. Why? Because I have a stack of post-it notes on my desk at home and I just pull one out, slop it down, and then, yeah, then I will maybe type it into a doc. And Do you have, like, the player later. names? Like, are players color-coded? I'm fascinated. No. I, I, like, have a notebook, you know, and I put the player's name on the top and then... I'm not really a good note-taker. It wasn't one of my strengths mm. as a student. If you, I mean, this is probably why I developed something like reception perception that's really strict and it's 
a literal rubric to check things off as you go along. Because uh, if I just try to take notes on things, I think it's a mess. So you're going to get my messy notes <laughs> about players right. on today's podcast. I just feel like whoever is writing the notes, like you need to know how to decode them. Yeah. Well, you do. No one else needs to. All needs right. to really just make sense to you. Yeah. Right. And then, but sometimes decoding, I'm like, why did I put a puppy dog face right there? What is that supposed to mean? I don't know. Trying to read your own mind is one of the more challenging uh, things we can do. I think as there human might be beings. people listening who are like, no, these people are just special. Yeah, these people are idiots. <laughs> so we're going to do that today. But first, we need to tie up a little, a couple of loose ends from last week's episode. Got to start with Jordan Howard. They say everything in life is timing, and clearly mine's not great, but um, it's official now. We taped our episode last week, included a whole segment about Jordan Howard and where he could end up, what would be the best fantasy fit. Can we can we play that clip, Brad? Uh, I don't hate Philadelphia. I think Philly might be a good fit for Jordan Howard. And then about two hours after we taped that, Jordan Howard was actually traded to the Eagles in exchange for a 2026th round pick. Um, Matt, I liked it, clearly. Obviously. <laughs> Any thoughts? Yeah, I appreciated getting a, just a text of a screenshot <laughs> of a tweet sent to me when I was in the grocery store on my way home from work by one Liz Loza, uh, as in to say, I nailed it. Um, <laughs> which, was, which, you, which you did. And that was a very good call. And I think this is a natural fit. I love the way the Eagles are attacking a non-important position with a low-cost resource and low-cost equity spend, being that they sent a very, very a, a six-round 2020 pick. Mm -hmm. Who cares? Uh, Jordan Howard is still going to be cheap this year. Well, he replaces Josh Adams, which was a sixth-round pick from 2018. He was an wasn't he an undrafted well, he might player? Have been but Jay Ajayi, who was the original starter going to the year, another player that they traded for. Right. Um, who was another day three draft pick on a cheap cost. So really, I mean, Eagles are not spending a lot of money at the old uh, running back position there, which I, I think is smart. And they'll get good play out of Jordan Howard this year. I think he'll probably be a pretty similar asset to what he was last year, which is very boomer bust because it, it's all game flow dependent. He's not going to be a factor in the pass game. They'll use him up for a year and then he'll wander away into the They into still the get him on his rookie deal. Exactly. So that's where cheap they're cost. saving the money. And... You, I know people don't like when you say like, well, they have to be motivated because he wasn't motivated. But, you know, yeah, no matter. It's this last year of his deal. He's going to want to go somewhere else. I like that Jordan Howard even said uh, after this trade went down, he was like, yeah, I thought this was, I thought I might end up here. I thought this was a be, would be a pretty good landing spot. Jordan Howard's like all of us. You know, he's reading trade rumors like, hmm, let me study some depth charts. Wow, Eagles have a little bit of an opening there. Maybe I could end up being a Philadelphia Eagle. He's, he's just he's one of us out there just analyzing his own his own trade prospects. That makes him more like – yeah, that makes him pretty likable, I have to say. Um, another likable Well, on the Bears note, back. by the way, oh, what, no. what, he, what, do you want, what do you want from me? I mean, I was just going to continue, but give well, me this nug. Give me this you, April 2nd nug. Because you didn't want to talk about Mike Davis, clearly. Obviously, you don't think of much of Mike Davis, even though right now – you would think he is the early down banger. But to me, the question is, obviously, Tariq Cohn's going to do what Tariq Cohn's going to do. The reason that they traded Jordan Howard, not that I think if Matt Nagy's taking truth serum, he's going to tell you that Jordan Howard's a good runner. Sure. But he made my offense too predictable. predictable. We talked about that last episode. I think that the Bears now are a team to watch to draft a running back. They don't have a ton of draft capital, by the way, but I could see them spending a fourth or fifth round pick on a back that we are then instantly 
rocketing up our hypothetical boards uh, in August. True. They spent all that draft capital to get Mitch. And Khalil Mack. It's perfect. I mean, that's part of the reason I'm not excited to talk about Mike Davis because yeah. I see him more as insurance than anything else. But you're yeah, right. Like, is Mike Davis Bears. that much more like unpredictable? Like you see Mike no. Davis on the field and you're like, well, now we got to worry about both uh, sectors of the game. I mean, I'm sure he's a better pass catcher. There's than a little Howard, bit of also but... like regime stamping here, right? Yeah. Like Nagy wants his guy. Yeah. This is his offense. We're buying in. That's why the Raiders become so fascinating all the time, because none of this posturing, none of this trying to fit a square into a circle hole matters, you know, right. like as much because there's so much time and security. But anyway, someone who doesn't have any more time left in Los Angeles, at least, is C.J. Anderson. We talked about the Rams last week, what the future of their backfield might look like if C.J.A. was the odd man out. Yet again, we were proven right. Anderson signed a one-year deal with the Lions. Is this a relevant signing at all or just a thorn in the side of, oh, carry on, Johnson? Uh, I don't know. We'll see if CJ Anderson's on the week one roster. Like, I, I don't think he's a lock to make the team. They got also got cut by two other teams last yeah, year. I mean, he got cut by two other teams last two year. Two or three. Two. Two. Got, got cut by the, he got cut by the Panthers. Right. Spent, uh, it was, had a cup of coffee in Oakland, yep. got a visit from the Chiefs, but didn't sign and then went to LA. Now, Again, like I said, I'm, I don't think he's a lock to make the roster. They still have Theo Riddick there. I, I really would hate to see a scenario where Carryon Johnson ends up in the old Amir Abdullah role, which is just like Ugh. the stone worst for fantasy because you lose passing downs to Theo Riddick and then you lose goal line reps to back then it was, you know, Joyke Bell or Zach Zenner or whatever. Now it could be CJ Anderson. That would suck because I think Carryon Johnson's a far superior player to Amir Abdullah. I don't think he fits into the scat back stereotype no. of uh, Abdullah and uh, before him Javid Best but uh, the signing definitely the, Detroit has been it's very a whole transparent. new offense though I y- mean yes, in yes, that it, it is run by a defensive coordinator so that means there's going to be an emphasis on the run well yeah that, they, this this is another continuation of that they've been transparent with that from the moment Matt Patricia got there they trade away their slot receiver. They draft an offensive lineman in the first round, a running back in the second round. I think this has always been a team that wants to be run focused for whatever freaking reason. Well, and that's what makes the Riddick keepable, right? If there's no golden take. Yeah, neat. Like you get four-yard passes with no yards um, out of the catch to theoretic. Great. I don't know. The Lions are not an offense that I'm excited about. They're not a team that I'm excited about. And this just means I'm not going to be even excited about Carryon Johnson, who I thought there was a chance I could be excited about. Uh, I- I will I will take the over on carry on Johnson still. I mean hashtag okay. pad level though. Yeah. But um, I think if enough people are like, oh, forget it, and he slips, sure I'll take him. I yeah, mean I I don't think much of CJ Anderson as a player. Like I don't think he's a a special back. I think he's a good I, I mean, I think CJ Anderson as it stands right now is just there to vulture the goal line away from carry on Johnson. <sighs> Fun. But again, I don't know if we're going to get to that place where he's allowed to do that. No. So, all right. I think we will probably talk about the Lions because I did say we're going to talk about quarterback prospects. We're also going to talk about tight end prospects. And obviously that's a need that the Lions may have. I don't know if any of the prospects we are going to discuss at the tight end position are potential fantasy fits for Detroit in your book. But that's called a tease. Liz, yes. How dare you? Because the Lions signed Jesse James Ugh, to an eighteen million dollar contract. Um, so maybe put a little respect on Jesse James. Look, name. Jesse James is just happy to not be in Pittsburgh anymore. Yeah, <laughs> and he said as much. So we'll start in. Ready? Do we have a drop for draft? Like, give us something, Brett. Pump us up. Um, 
more or take tool. me out to the ball game? I never, come ne- on. I never thought I would be uh, sick of coffee, but uh, come on, Brad. <laughs> Enough of the coffee. We need some... Tea talk? Tea <laughs> <laughs> We need like some iced mocha 700 calorie caffeine bombs for this. All right. Maybe not. Let's talk about Kyler Murray. Well, Liz... You, How do you want to begin? I mean, I think that Kyler Murray is the clear best quarterback in this class. And I think there's a gap between... And see, this is why... I, I mean, you're looking... Already, you're making faces over there. I thought, why don't, why don't you just start this? Because I, I don't disagree with you. He's number one in my rankings. And I think there's a gap between him and everybody the else. people. Yeah, he's the one that I... But why is he the one? Because I think I like his accuracy. I like his playmaking mentality. I like everything about him. I think he's very much a perfect fit for the modern NFL and the way teams are spreading things out. I mean, and the mobility is, I don't think that you're going to necessarily design runs around Kyler Murray because I think with his size, I don't care as much about the height. I care, you know, about the build and can you stand up to hits in the open field? I don't care about seeing over his offensive linemen, any of that stuff, whatever. But I think he's very accurate. I think that he will make plays on the move. Um, now, I mean, let, let's I talk know, about accurate. Let's though. go ahead. Because, yes, he's accurate, but is he consistently accurate? Is he? Cons- I don't think he has bouts of inaccuracy like a Jameis Winston or even a Cam Newton, who yeah. I think is an accurate. Like, I do think there's a big difference between being an inaccurate passer and not being a consistently accurate this is, passer. This is the point is, I'm making. Which is yes. what, you're, what you're saying. Like, and I think Cam Newton's the perfect, like, people say he's inaccurate. Shut up, because there are so many just perfect Cam. I'm not going to turn into a Cam Newton apologist right now, but I might. But like, there are so many perfect throws that Cam makes that I would struggle to say he's not an he's an inaccurate passer. He's but an inconsistent passer. His accuracy is not consistent. He's not consistently accurate. There's a difference between the two. I don't personally think that Murray falls into the same category. I think he is accurate more often than not. I think he has good ball placement, but clearly, I think you disagree with that. I don't find him to be a consistently accurate passer. But I also think that what he does elsewhere is so special and different and hashtag new age that I am interested to see if in a pro scheme, those consistencies become more regular. And the reason I think the Cardinals are talking about taking him number one overall is it's just completely buying into the Cliff Kingsbury experience, right? I mean... Yeah. I also think whichever offense... Because it's, it's not just like, okay, like Lamar Jackson we talk about, right? The the Ravens have to tailor this brand new offense around him. It's deeper than that. It's who's going to be your backup QB, right? Like if this guy gets hurt and he is 5'10"-ish and 200 pounds 207 pounds <laughs> like 200 pounds like after eating sushi and gargling soy sauce oh, and getting God. off a plane like there's so much water retention going on in this situation yeah yeah uh, yeah like, <laughs> oh like combine season is water retention right. season <laughs> Would you like to eat a whole bowl of ArcLight brand popcorn yeah. and get off a plane and then be weighed right then and then like, definitely you, like, <laughs> don't poop for like three days i mean that I mean, is yeah that's right, just some yeah. travel friend yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway but i think that we need to have a whole off by the way we need to have a whole <laughs> offline conversation about uh about pooping later but we'll about get digestive to that yeah, about digestive stuff we'll get um, to i don't know why like why people should want to listen to that matt and i talk about 
digestion a like fair as a, amount. As a producer, like you guys you are talking, to about talk gr- about? You're talking about great content here. I don't want to just like cut that off. How many days people. is the best? No, no, it's not about me. We're I talking about the, <laughs> the draft. I mean, do you want me to talk about it? No. Not if you're going to throw one of us under the bus no, again. No, I'm not going to talk either one of, throw either one of you under the bus. I was just going to talk about a video that I watched on the subject, but um, was, a health a health related okay. video. Thank you very much. Uh, but we'll talk offline. Okay. Clearly, this is another passion of ours: pooping. Anyway, it's health, it's health stuff. It's about eating right and and everything. Never mind. We'll get to it later. I'm not now. My mind is swimming in a bunch. Maybe of we'll different Maybe we'll talk places. about it at the end of the show. Okay, we'll fine. talk about it at the end of the show. Sure. Okay. So, Kyla Murray, five ten ish, two hundred pounds ish. Durability concerns not ish. Like that is a legitimate concern. Sure, yeah. Now you have to have a backup quarterback. Is there crossover in those skill sets? Can the backup quarterback come in and do or replicate closely enough to what? Murray is doing uh, so so it's not to, people are just like okay well fine you just get like a some different run schemes and you throw in a different couple of routes maybe you get a big tight end over the middle and some X receivers and you've got it like th- this it's not that easy right so I'm just saying that whichever team takes him needs to be in a burn it all down situation the Cardinals are certainly in that situation I also don't think you need an excellent O-line because this guy is wildly athletic and escapable. Like watching him dodge tackles, he's he's, you know, clearly rubs himself down in a sheen of butter in order to be slippery <laughs> as all AF. Yeah. I also thought, and I texted this to you at late one night while I was watching him. Um, to me, it's like watching CJ Spiller play quarterback. <laughs> I thought that was an interesting note. Can you elaborate on that? Well, their size is similar. CJ Spiller and Kyler Murray. Might, I think Spiller might be bigger. I don't know. <laughs> I, so like, I, I, I went down this hole of watching CJ Spiller play, and their running styles are really similar. Because, you know, at first I was like, well, it's not like Jamal Charles, because Charles like glides and heads to the outside. But CJ Spiller was not afraid to kind of twerk his way through the middle of a pack of defenders. And that is what Kyler Murray does. Like, he will lower his pads and lower his fed head and just like scoop through defenders and shimmy pads defenders. It's not just a like only speed to the edge sort of move. I, I just could not get the comp out of my head. And I kept going back to it thinking like, well, I this is sometimes what happens. And I think that when you're drafting, especially in fantasy at home, like you come up with something and because no one else has said it before you, you think it must be wrong. False. You're just not maybe buying the group thing. Yeah. Yeah, you know? I think that's I think that's definitely true. By the way, CJ Spiller five eleven. I mean, hey, Kyler Murray wishes he could measure in a five eleven. <laughs> it's an inch and <laughs> yeah, I know, I get it. But um, no, five eleven one ninety six. Yeah, although NFL dot com has met three hundred pounds, but well, you know what Stop. is that? <laughs> or two hundred pounds? Sorry, <laughs> three hundred pounds. Whew. Uh, anyways, I think that Kyler Murray, like here to me, watching him was really the kind of the. I'll tell you what, I I kept getting distracted by Marquise Brown, uh, the receiver from Oklahoma, who I think has the best film of any wide receiver in this class. And they're all we can talk wide receivers in a couple episodes. We're saving that for two episodes from now. We're saving that one. But I mean, holy hell, like what an unbelievable combination those two were. And I think Murray is the type of quarterback who elevates a receiver like that. Not that Marquise needs much elevating because I think he's an incredible player who creates on his own. But I think a lot of what Murray brings is adding on layers of accentuating other players' skills. And I think that's game-changing for an offense like – this is no slight to Josh Rosen, but 
there is no universe where if I was starting a team from the bare bones, and I think the Cardinals are kind of close to starting a team from the bare bones, that I would want to have Josh Rosen over Kyler Murray. I don't care who's coaching. I don't care who the other players are on the roster. This is someone that I think creates, makes something out of nothing. And I don't think that there are that many quarterbacks out there that that can say that. And I think he does. Obviously, the dimension of the running ability is one thing, but I do find him to be an incredible thrower who can throw off platform and be accurate in those scenarios. And again, that is key to the modern era NFL where line play is worse than ever, where creating outside of structure is more important than ever. And, And when you can get a quarterback that can create outside that structure, I think it's huge. Well, and his ability to toss with touch on the move, I will say, is wild throws like that. Yeah. So that to me is why he is number one. He is like one of these things is not like the other and it is Kyler Murray. And if you are going to buy into this, then you got to lean in all the way. Mm -hmm. And so we'll see if that happens. Who do you have number two? Because I I think we are not going to have number two the same. I mean, I I didn't rank these guys because who cares? Uh, But I think it would be Dwayne Haskins for me. But I don't I'm not that jazzed about Dwayne Haskins. I have him three. Okay. Who do you have number two? And then we can come back to Drew Locke. Okay. I can see that. So sell me on Drew Locke. So listen, his tape is not Drew Drew Cutlock. Well, this is part of it. (laughs) This is part of it, right? The comp is Jay Cutler. Iffy mechanics, gunslinging arm, big play mentality, probably relies on his big arm too much in situations because of a lack of mechanics, but does not. So I think when you give the Jay Cutler comp, people are like, oh, does he have a neck twitch and is he kind of mean to people? No. No, he's actually, he's super, yeah, he's like, pleasant. I read something that said he had like uh, Jay Cutler's playing style and Eli Manning's personality, which Ugh. of course I adored. Um, if that isn't a mashup for my wheelhouse. Woo. Anyway, what I, I like an exciting player. This is why we like Kyler Murray. Is this guy completely accurate all the time? No, no, he's not. But I do like that he can stay focused under pressure. He has pretty quick and effective wheels for a taller guy. Uh, He works through his progressions. He doesn't get stuck. Like, these are all things I like. And for me, and this is, again, I think all of these guys have a but if. He's had three different offensive coordinators while he was at Mizzou. So no one's really worked on his mechanics. He's had no option. But it's not like this is a guy who's, like, being taught mechanics over and over again and still continues to defer to his arm. He's doing that out of necessity and lack of grooming. My hope is that when he gets to the NFL, he will have a more steady system and someone who recognizes that and is like, okay, I can fix this guy. And I know that doesn't normally work. And I know, I mean, Freddie Kitchens just said at the um, owner's meeting, like you can't teach accuracy and Baker Mayfield has accuracy. That's true. But this guy hasn't had a shot at learning that stuff. So that's why I think I like that he's that he's calling audibles like Mm -hmm. at the line that he's like communicating with players on the run, throwing on the run, trying things. This to me is an exciting projectable quarterback, not an immediate production quarterback, but I think his ceiling is higher than Haskins overall if he were to get those opportunities. And that's why I have ranked him ahead of Haskins. I can see your reasoning behind that for sure. Um, I think Drew Locke has the potential to make a lot of plays. I think he has the potential to make a lot of Ugly misses as well. Um, He is that hyper variance type of quarterback to me. I think that the one concern I would have with him that might derail him from even being, I mean, I think that Eli Manning, well, the Jay Jay Cutler comparison without just like 
you know, the asshole tendencies, I think is a smart one. The only thing I, I would worry that he doesn't even get to the Jay Cutler level, I don't think he's great under pressure. I think he re- has... I don't agree. I think he has some bad habits that could materialize into real problems. And there have been some quarterbacks that I don't think have ever gotten over that. Blaine Gabbert being like the prime example. I mean, sure. However, I would say that Jimmy Garoppolo is a player that in college showed a lot of those bad habits and then has gotten a lot better and I don't think is as frenetic as as he used to be. I wrote... Jimmy G question mark in my scribbling notes. I also wrote when I was thinking about where would I want him to land? Like this is a dysfunctional franchise. So I'm a little bit worried. But I also thought he kind of reminded me of Kirk Cousins in moments. Early Kirk Cousins, not the Kirk Cousins we know now, because I do think that Kirk Cousins has improved tremendously I agree. since when he would have those like clear anxiety based meltdowns, yeah, oh my gosh. Day, right? Whenever yeah. he would see ghosts. And Washington needs a quarterback. And I believe in John Gruden's ability to build Jay a quarterback. I'm sorry, Jay Gruden's ability to do that. Well, but Jay Gruden's going to get fired at the end of this yeah. year. So, like, that's, pro- I mean, a lot of this is he's problematic. Too, he's way too flashy for Jay Gruden. Jay Gruden's going to love himself some Daniel Jones, but. Uh. No, nah, Daniel Jones is next. He's going to New York. I've been saying that since the beginning. There's no way that Daniel Jones isn't going to the Giants. Do you want to talk about Daniel Jones now? No, I don't. We can okay. put that off as long as possible. Um, I think that Drew Locke is, I still think he's ticketed for Denver at 10. I think he's going to do horribly there. Maybe. Like, that makes me nervous. Yeah. Possibly. I I do think that there's a decent ecosystem developing. And I also think him on bootleg, you know, out at getting out of the pocket type situations, being able to throw on the run, I think that might be better for him than just straight dropping back, you know, and sure. sitting in a pocket. So I, I think that that actually could work out. And Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, uh, the running backs they've got there, yeah, Philip Lindsay Freeman. especially, like that. that's a nice group to work up with. And if they can continue to build around the offensive line, and he wouldn't have to start right away until Flacco eight games into the season hurts his back or something. Hurts some, his back, right. But I don't know if John Elway believes Joe Flacco to be a bridge or if he thinks he is the guy. You and I both agree, though, that he won't last because of age and durability. I don't want to give John Elway the benefit of the doubt ever. Well, that's why I don't want to give... I mean, I think Dwayne Haskins is a better fit for Denver, hmm. but I don't think that's going to happen. Me neither. Now, let's talk Dwayne Haskins because... The comp that I heard someone make from, I think it's Eric Galco from Optimum Scouting, uh, said that he's Nick Foles. And I actually think that's a perfect comparison because, look, Dwayne Haskins, he's not just not— I struggled with this comp. I mean, we just don't see this anymore. I don't know what to do. He's just not—he's not even just not an athletic quarterback. He's like a net— negative as an athlete like he's a problem if he has to get out on the move he's a problem outside of structure to me and god that's really hard in today's nfl yeah i mean it's like which is why we haven't seen this type of quarterback for 15 years you you said he's he's ryan mallett like sometimes no i I, I said yes i said he's got i think i actually thought joe flacco carson palmer like that sort of flacco to his credit and Carson Palmer, and that's why these guys, like these tall, statuesque quarterbacks, have been better than Ryan Mallett or Zach Mettenberger, uh, RIP AAF quarterback Zach Mettenberger. Uh, like, that's why these guys have elevated beyond those, because I think there was some slight ability to play out of structure. But I come back to the Nick Foles comp because Foles, to me, this is why we have on this podcast and other people have said, how do we feel about Nick Foles now that he's leaving this? beautiful setup that he has in Philadelphia where there's a good offensive line, there's a smart progressive play caller, there's weapons that he fits well with. 
he has the almost ideal structure for a quarterback. And now he's going to Jacksonville, which is uh, not the ideal structure for a quarterback. I, or I, an I, NFL franchise. Sure. And and I think that Dwayne Haskins, much like Foles, who we've seen leave the Eagles nest before, and it hasn't gone well. I don't know that that's going to happen this time. Maybe Foles has had just a, a career rebirth, whatever. But I, I see Haskins in that same vein that, again, if you have to get him on the move, if you have to get him outside of structure, he's a problem. But much like Foles is great when he has time, is great when he just has to make a throw and hit a deep out or something like that. I think he's a great quarterback. But Outside of structure is an issue. Statistically, Haskins, I mean, we have to mention the statistics because that's kind of part of the whole package. I mean, that's part of his whole draft resume. He completed 70% of passes for over 400 and, I'm sorry, 4,800 yards, tossed 50 touchdowns, just eight interceptions. But yeah, he's boring. And that's... uh, It's hard to be boring and put up 50 touchdowns, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's a great point. I mean, that is, he's also only a one-year starter. Right. So there's some limited experience. So that that um, statistical year that we have is not matched against anything. It's a small sample size. Um, I, I think his ball placement is fine. Like I didn't think it was yeah. great. Yeah, I, I also thought his game really lacked fluidity. It wasn't it was like watching Tecmo Bowl. Yeah, he's stiff. He's got a longer. He's not like a quick twitch, like get it out quick sort of quarterback. I, I agree with you on that. I would love to see him go to Denver. There are shades of Paxton Lynch in there. Ah, Uh, Why do you want to do that? I mean, because that, but you have to think, what is Elway like? I don't think he'll end up in Denver, but I think that is the best fit for his skill set. Yeah. Fair enough. That's all. All right. Let's quickly touch on Daniel Jones as much as you don't want to talk about him. um, I don't hate him as much as you do. He, his numbers, I think, don't show how good he actually was he was con one of my i circled a million times on my notebook let down by receivers who are these receivers does he have any receivers yeah you know um but he's capable and he's got talent and he certainly had the grooming i mean this is where the new york giants connection comes in he was coached by oh what's this guy cut cutcliffe yeah, I mean, who are his other quarterbacks other than the Mannings? Well, he had a couple, but Peyton Manning <laughs> at Tennessee, Eli Manning at Ole Miss. There's an obvious connection here. I don't, I don't think Gettleman wants any sort of big personality in the locker room, and Daniel Jones is as milk toast and tall and statuesque as you are going to get. The thing, I don't dislike Daniel Jones that much as a prospect. I just dislike him as a first-round pick, like as a sure. franchise quarterback. D- to me, I think he's like the Andy Dalton career path. Like I don't disagree with that. I, a, I, but do you think that that's not what Gettleman is looking for? I hope not for the sake of Giants fans. But, uh, I mean, very very well could be. They're, they're said to like Drew Locke, too. I don't know. I don't. I, we'll, we'll see what happens with the Giants. But... Just with Daniel Jones, yeah, if you're going to take him at, at, I mean, at the sixth overall pick, no way. Like, at the tenth overall pick, even fifteenth to Washington. Now, see, Washington, I could see, I could see Washington being like, oh, this is, uh, he's like our Andy Dalton, Jake Gruden, whatever. Jake Gruden, like, loves Colt McCoy. That's not going to happen. I don't, I don't think they take a first-round quarterback either, which is just frightening to think, like, what their, what their quarterback situation is They might be holding on, but there's some, like, clubs that have been rumored to be holding out for 2020 because yeah. they think that there's a better yeah. crop of guys. I don't know if I buy that. A lot can happen in a year. But I think the thing that I liked the most about Daniel Jones while playing was he was clean and resilient, right? Yeah. Like defenders fly at him. He'll take the hit. He doesn't mind it. He plays cleanly. He plays safely. 
Um, who did I? I comped him to Ryan Tannehill. See, I don't think – actually, that's actually a really good comparison. Um, the only reason I don't – the only note I disagree with you is I think sometimes he plays outside of his skill set, and which I think early career Andy Dalton, that was his problem. Like, what do not, you mean by that? I, I think he makes throws that he shouldn't. I think he tries things that like – he tries to write checks that his arm just can't cash. I think he tries to throw on the move when he's not that type of player. Um, Wouldn't you want to see that out of a pro? This is college, though. I mean, don't you want to see a kid who has yet to reach the pinnacle, like trying to do stuff and elevate when he's on Duke? I guess, like, but, there's I, no he, one, I mean, but if it, but if it translates to the NFL, if he does that at the NFL level and not under not doesn't play within himself, then you're like I said, Andy early career Andy Dalton. That was his big problem was he would try to he would try rightfully. to do things that he couldn't do. And I think it's much better if you have a quarterback like an Andy Dalton. And when he when he has done this and played within a good offense with good surrounding talent, and let other people do the work for him. It's been fine. The, 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 the offense has run well. I think Daniel Jones could be that type of player. So he's a round two type of guy to me. Okay. I, I don't mind a, a round two drop dropping to the second round. I'll agree with that. Um, I don't really want to talk about real Will Greer. I don't really like his game. Uh, do you want to talk about? I it? think Will Greer is interesting again. Not as for one, he after Murray is probably like statistically the second best quarterback in the draft at West Virginia. At West Virginia, of course, like with that caveat. But nevertheless, you know, statistical models do really like Will Greer projecting him to the NFL, and uh, that could be so. But I, I think the, the thing with Will Greer is he's not going to be a first round pick. He might not even be a second round pick. To me, I think he is a Ryan Fitzpatrick type player again. Similar to what I said about Daniel Jones in that tries to write some checks that his arm can't cash. But I do think he plays aggressively. I like that in a backup quarterback. Um, I think Will Greer probably ends up being in that same Fitzpatrick mold as a guy who we hear from at several points. I mean, we've heard from Ryan Fitzpatrick so much that (laughs) that, that, that kind of skews the, the narrative here. But that we hear pop up every now and again because he gets some spot starts for a certain team, plays just well enough to keep the team afloat for a while, but is ultimately, you know, the 35th, right. 36th best quarterback in the NFL. Sure. I don't, I, I think he's a, a fine backup. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on him. Is sure. that fair? No, yeah, okay. that's fair because it would just, it would all depend on who ends up drafting him. Like, well, and I think the point we're making is that all of these guys, to me, none of them are. <laughs> to mix metaphors, a home run, right? Like all of these guys are going to take, re- we're assuming rational coaching, which is not never a, good. It's not a good assumption <laughs> and are going to take a huge leap of faith mm-hmm. in a way that I feel like other prospects in previous years haven't required. It all takes a leap of faith because they're, they've never played in the NFL, but this crop particularly is yeah. making me think, yes, and we need this and this and this and that. Like, you got to order a bunch off the menu. We listed a lot of condiments that need to spice up Correct. this sandwich here. Like, otherwise... We got bologna. Right. <laughs> like, just hope hope one of these guys uh, are bringing some avocado with them, basically. Oh, smashed avocado mm. on a turkey burger? That would be some nice. Some pepper jack cheese? All right, let's talk about tight ends. Cool. I, I mean... The I t- dig them. There's, there's, we're going to talk about three. Like, yeah, we're yeah, not going to yeah, get yeah. crazy here, okay? Yeah, if you want... Dawson Knox notes. Uh, go check out another podcast. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but make sure you come back to this one. Maybe the Yahoo NFL podcast, right? Like Therese Paler probably has a hot take about Dawson Knox. Yeah. I haven't heard it yet, actually. Well, Maybe he's, we'll he's unveil hold, it in Nashville. He's, he's We're doing a different out. thing. On the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast, which I'd recommend you download, we're doing like team by team needs. So we did NFC earlier this week. We're going to do AFC next week. And then we're going to do like final rumors and, and stuff. We're not going deep on the players. But we are doing um, 
a mashup oh, yeah. pod in Nashville. Listeners, beware. Subscribe to both pods now. We're doing mashup NFL fantasy podcast in Nashville. Can you imagine you and me in a room with Charles Robinson oh, and Therese Baylor? It's oh, gonna in be Nashville? wild. Uh, who <laughs> Those do you, are four personalities. <laughs> who do you think is gonna fly off the handle first? Like Charles. Yeah, yeah. Charles, my, my, my bet. <laughs> Charles is definitely telling you or I to shut the f- up. <laughs> it's probably you. Charles probably. and I are pretty cool. <laughs> uh, it's probably me. Yeah, it's probably me. I'm, I'm definitely like whoever is the first to fly off the handle. I'm going to be on the receiving end of it. It's either going well. Therese and I have been on a podcast before together. Oh, once. so this is like uh, I've worked with Charles and you've worked with Therese. I mean, worked with like uh, you know he was on our NFL fantasy podcast one time. Um, Charles and I have. We did a, one quick little interview for a pilot podcast, uh, but then I think the most likely one, here's the, here's the sleeper pick of who's going to fly off the handle first. Me. Liz is going to fly <laughs> off the handle, again, still at me for <laughs> embarrassing her in front of Charles and Therese. Like, no doubt I'll have earned it, but Liz will be like, can you, Harmon, these are, Harm, these these are, are adults and these are grownups <laughs> in the company. That is, that is likely. Are you taking notes on that? Producer Brett. On who's going to fly off the handle? First. I have I have mental notes. <laughs> okay. Are they color coded only where you, only you can decode them? I, you know, like you were talking about the perfect, uh, beautiful mind. What I do is I draw it. You know, someone's really special if they draw their notes on a piece of glass, like in social network and in a beautiful mind there, that happens. You know, like instead of writing on a notebook, like Mark Zuckerberg writes down the code for Facebook on like a piece of glass. It looks a lot more filmic. That's how I do it. Like in Minority Report? No, like <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm uncomfortable with. Uh, or did you like etch these. it in the glass? Don't. No, just with a marker on the glass. I know what you're going to say. They do it in, in Beautiful Mind as well. He's like looking through the glass and like writing notes on it. That's, I don't okay. remember. Okay. Whatever. Okay. Don't look at me like Minority Report is that far of a pull, you jerk. No, no. I'm right. fine. Enjoy your peanut M and M's and popcorn. I don't um, like peanut M and M's. I just like the regular ones. <laughs> Poor producer Brett just wants us to hurry up and talk about these tight ends. There are yeah, three so of them. The, so we can get to the poop story. Two of them <laughs> are from Iowa. We've got TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant. I got some fun facts about both of them. Uh, you know what? Like, instead of talking about these individually, should we? Here's what I'm going to do. Okay. So if I look at two of these players, I, I like cars. Do you like cars, Matt? I'm, I'm into cars. I'm not a car guy. Uh, great. This is going to go swimmingly. Uh, I'm into cars. My favorite well, remember, car. Remember, there's like five other people listening that might uh, be interested into cars. In, in the cars. Yeah. Um, uh, my favorite car is not technically a car. It is an all-terrain. I don't know what the heck it's called. ATV. Uh, kind of. It's a Jeep Wrangler. That is my favorite car. It's a four-wheeler. Four, right. A four by four. It's a four All-wheel four. drive. All-wheel, yep. Something. Is a, so my favorite car would be like a CJ7 rebuilt on wheels. Dig it. But for modern day purposes, I think TJ Hawkinson is like a four-door Jeep Wrangler. It's for mm. all the old millennials who drove a Jeep in high school and now... They got kids in car seats and they're like, damn, I'm still young. I want to re- I want to return to when I like went off roading, listening to country music with that junior while I was a freshman. He was driving, obviously. And um, and it hmm. was great. TJ Hawkinson to me, not stick shift, right? Like he's not he's not stick shift, but he's definitely like automatic four door Jeep Wrangler. Noah Fant, on the other hand, that dude is like a Porsche Macan. Mm-hmm. Easy driving, still big, right? Like still not a coupe, but easy driving, dry corners beautifully, smooth ride, lots of buttons that you can't understand. But ultimately, if you just press the pedal down and go, you're money. Love it. 
Did you even understand the analogy? Uh, some of it, yeah. I, I don't really get quite where the the TJ Hawkinson one. He's a throwback tight end. He's well, two way guy. Is physical, can handle bumps in the road, isn't afraid to get dirty. The other one is lots of finesse and speed. Hmm. See, I I think Noah Fant gets a little bit of a bad rap because of his size and skill set for his ability as a blocker. I think he's not like a he's not like Evan Ingram, you know, where like Evan Ingram was like, that is a slot receiver. That is not yeah. a tight end. I think he's Noah a Fant, willing blocker, but he's not his technique's not great. I will say that uh one of um I might mess this quote up, but one of the things Josh Norris always says is like to be a blocker, to be a tight end to a blocking these days, you just have to be like willing and able. Um, I, I think that, and that did he watch Hard Knocks because the dude with the crystals would beg to disagree. <laughs> willing and competent, maybe. Um, I think he's good enough. I think he's good I enough. I don't to... think Noah Fant is a physical enough player. Okay. In general. Like, I, I, I think he's a gorgeous player. And I, under, I, I, I think he's got a lot of Jimmy Graham. He's a, a track standout, a basketball standout. He knows how to body, how to outbody. He's fast as all hell. Oh, yeah. my God. Like, I can't, but he's like a long, str- the strides are long. He glides. He's fast. I love it. But he does, to me, he lacks a grit to his game. And Hawkinson is not the metrics maven. Like, I think Noah Fant is like a 94 percentile spark athlete. Yeah. He's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hawkinson's no slouch, though. I mean, he's, I he's really got do, a B. He's a solid B in terms of metrics. He's I a B plus. I really do think they're like the poor man's Gronk and Hernandez in a way. I, I understand the Gronk comp. He's smaller, Hawkinson is, than yeah. Gronk, Nobody's obviously. Gronk. I mean, right. it's sacrilegious to compare anybody he's to Gronk. He's Kittle, to me, a better yeah, okay. blocker than Kittle. That's what I see when I look at Hawkinson. Kill's a, a good blocker, too. So I, I think he's something. coming in with more technique. Um, I loved watching him block. I mean, and it's rare that you're, like, interested in watching a tight end block. Like, I thought it was nice, beautiful blocking. But he's someone I think some team is going to take very I'd like high. to see New England take him. Well, Hawkinson? Yeah. I mean, too bad. They're, he's never going to get there. I think, I he think could, he'd go in the 20s. Do you think he's going ahead of the I 20s? I think he'd go, like, 12 to the Packers. Really? I think, mm. I think, that, I think the Jaguars might think about it. I have Jacksonville number two. I have New England, Jacksonville, Seattle, Detroit. And I think Jacksonville might might think about it. Although I think Jacksonville might grab our old buddy Irv, you know, in, in number two, in round number two there, because it is a little aggressive to take a tight end that high. But I think this guy is that good, so... We'll see. I think he is the most, what he lacks in metrics or measurables or athleticism, not to say he's not athletic. I think he's wildly athletic, but he makes up for in versatility. I, he's my number one tight end off the board. Fant is number two. Mm. Okay. Yeah, no, I really like Fant. I think he's going to be super exciting. He's someone that I could see the Patriots drafting. Or if the Packers don't draft Hawkinson at 12, I see I could see them competing for Fant um, in the back half of round one because they have a second first round pick. Um, did I say I comped him to Jimmy Grant? Yeah. Yeah. But he's got hands like Eric Ebron, which is problematic. Ow. Whatever. You're gonna, I also think, like, when I was looking at Noah Fant, I was like, this guy reminds me of, I wrote down Mike, <laughs> Mike Gusecki, but shorter. Yikes. Well, Gasecki's coming off a hot rookie year, so. <laughs> but remember this time last year? Everyone's yeah, like, oh, excited. man, that kid. I think Fant's a bit of a better player. I, I disagree. I think he's got a bit more grit to his game than you do. But uh, you want to hit on Irv Smith? I, I saw a pretty awesome Irv Smith comp, which was um, Trey Burton. Yeah. I, I think I can see that because Burton, much like Irv Smith, is I think both those guys are really explosive, obviously. I think they are vertical tight ends who don't necessarily have a ton of creativity after the catch. Well, and I think Irv is great 
at posting people up and making contested catches. But I also think he needs to be a better tight ends aren't going to be like wide receivers out there, you know, with a ton of great route running technique. But that I is think, a thing that Fant has, I will say. Yes, he can run a route. Oh, yeah, yeah, he can run around. Like whereas Irv Smith to me. Sometimes the routes are too rounded. Sometimes they're not broken in the right spot and he can get lost in zone coverage like that. And that that's going to be an issue and why I think I why I agree. I like Fant better than Irv. I just I, maybe it's because Marty during mostly football Martellus Bennett rubbed off on me because his complaint was that none of these tight ends can block and so now I am really jazzed when I yeah, see you're really you're pro blocking now I, why are you rolling your eyes I'm pro someone being complete at their job like our job isn't just to talk on a podcast our job also requires doing rankings and so we should just try to do all of the things well and I like that in a prospect. Sure. I like a guy who, you know, like me, I don't do rankings, so I'm just punting on one part of the job. Uh, but I'm really, really high end at, at some of the areas, but other ones I just decide not to participate so in. So you are more Fant and I am more Hawkinson. Yes. Yes. Except, well, you give yourself a lot of credit there, Liz. You just said I'm the number you're, one you're, you're, tight end off the board, you're, baby. <laughs> you're you're, you're uh, poor man's Gronk, per you. <laughs> nobody, nobody can outbody like Liz Loza. Very true. Uh, on that note, I think we can be done. Can oh, I wait, tell no. my story? We have a poop story for you. Hold so, on. Brett, you don't shake your head at me when you made me basically boxed me into telling this story. You're like, I want to you guys are making good content. Keep talking. I change content. your heart. Too bad. So I'm doing this juice thing right now where I've when I've I've uh, decided to substitute every day for the last year and a half, two years. I've eaten two pieces of whole grain toast in the morning before I come here and work out and two two hard-boiled eggs. Real quick, dry toast, coconut oil, almond butter, just what? Dry as hell. Two pieces of multi-grain toast. Whole grain. Whole grain. And I usually will just cut the hard-boiled eggs up and put them together and mash it. Oh, yeah. It is a pure... I'm doing this just to survive. I'm doing this just to survive. mustard on that or something. No wonder why you're single. Yeah. Well, I wasn't single when I started doing this. Um, anyways, Brett, uh, it's not the only reason I'm single, but it's probably one of the reasons. Let me tell you what: no one that I no one that I would be dating would put up with this. Which is now I have sub, I have substituted that toast out, and I'm doing like kale, celery, almond milk, lemon, mint juice thing. That is not juice. That's like the makings of a hippie sauce or something. So, it, almond if, milk in there? Yeah. Where's your protein coming from? The almond milk? Well, I, I'm still eating the eggs. Oh, so you drink you drink the juice and then you eat two eat hard-boiled two. eggs. Yeah. Yolks it's, and all. Yeah, pretty gross. But what I see, I eat hard-boiled eggs every day. I hate them, but I yeah, do it for the protein. It's a, it's like a pure, is, pure protein play. Right. But I use Dijon mustard. I have to dip them in something. I, I will say that when you go through a radical weight loss, you just learn to become bored with like some things that you eat that you realize, I'm not eating this for pleasure. I'm just eating this because this is part of it. This is fuel. This is fuel and it's part of the, the lifestyle. You think mustard is like fancy? Like mustard ain't going to like mess up your whole flow, dude. It's just going to make the moment not miserable. I'm not, I'm here for, cut out every margin of error. Anyway, so the, so anyway, so I'm doing this juice but thing now. But I love now. Noah fan who can't catch a ball. Right. Who dropped like, I don't know how many balls. I actually have that stat. Keep going. This is my this is a personal life thing versus football evaluation. And there is a difference now. Nevertheless. So I've been doing this juice thing, by the way. Nobody asked. It's going really well. I feel incredible. (laughs) (laughs) I feel I feel tighter. I feel better. Uh, It's great. The first two days were rough because you don't have the same energy when you hit the gym in the morning. But feel good. I'm enjoying it now. I talked to my dad on the phone yesterday, and obviously when you're doing something like this, a lot of it comes back to your 
your digestive tract, as we're mentioning, mentioning earlier. Now, so he's telling me about like, he's like, you know, I was watching this video the other day on YouTube with the actress Maggie Q. She's in Designated Survivor. She's in some other stuff, too. Sure. Um, he's like, but she was talking about this, basically this powder that she was hawking as an advertisement. It's called Morning Complete. Free plug for them. It's expensive. <laughs> but uh, so basically it's like a powder you, and it like mixes into a juice similar to what I'm eating every morning. Mm-hmm. But he was saying that a lot of it, like the benefit of it is how it makes you poop and it makes you more regular. And she's like, you should be pooping three to four times a day or whatever. And uh, three that, to four times a day. Yes, that's good for you. Brett. Now, what's good for you is what you... Can we get a temperature check, please? Three to four times a day? That's a lot. I don't have that kind of time. It is like time commitment. Now, but the funny part about... What are you going to say in a job interview? Like, excuse me, I have to make sure that I have like three to four poop breaks per eight hour shift. The funny part about this, though, is the word that she used for pooping, which now I'm going to use going forward. Is it evacuate? No, it's eliminating. Oh, eliminating. That's pretty standard. <laughs> yeah, but it was hilarious to me at the time, like, uh, because my dad couldn't remember it. He's like, she used some word. I, I can't remember what it was. He's very old. Um, and uh, so I look, looked it up and watched the video afterwards and uh, yeah, eliminating. So now when I mentioned, I have one of my other pals here uh, clued in on this. So whenever we see each other, I'm like, hey, John, uh, going to uh, eliminate or what? And he's like, ah, no, I already did. I'm good for right now. Cool. So- I've gone to the Morning Complete website. There's some great reviews there. My husband and I have been taking Morning Complete for about 60 days. We are eliminating regularly. Yeah, baby. And have both lost weight in this short time. You're not losing weight. You're just losing poop. It's, But it is good to flush things out of your system oh, are you going to be getting colonics next is that next for no. hashtag fit guy life no 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 i'm not i don't, I don't I'll know i'll take it. you to a colonic please i don't want to go in the room but i will drive you to a colonic no, and wait in the like right. that's this is like my goal for 2019 i'm gonna get matt to like live tweet from a colonic let's get the social team on there let's live stream it hey there we go go let's go live on Twitch. i did have a colonic one time <laughs> really yeah oh. A separate four-star review said, I, I have had a sluggish elimination system for years, and now I'm going every morning and sometimes in the evening. Who are these people that have Susan, these? this is Susan. Four stars. Susan, what a life you must have that on your list of, like, New Year's resolutions, you're like, I would love to get rid of my sluggish eliminations. You know what? Like, I don't have that kind I of time, guys. I don't have that you, time. I, I don't will, have that money. You will feel better. Matt, you, I feel great. Do you, you want to? You know what? The, I feel great. Go ahead. Is this going to like bring this stuff to Nashville? Don't actually. Brett's like, don't. No, I don't have. I did not buy this because basically as I'm as I'm watching this video and, you know, she tell me what's in it and, you know, green tea, you know, some seeds, whatever. I'm like, okay, so I just start putting that into into what I'm making. And boom, I did. And and we're fine. Let me just tell you, we're, we're fine. Honestly, Nashville is going to be rough on the elimination system because, like, just yeah, going, no, I mean, going from our you know West Coast, be... our West Coast crunchy granola lifestyle to like cornbread and and barbecue and stuff is going to be hard for. A few Let days. me tell you, my system is going to be backed up with hot chicken, and I am not sad about it. Look, I'm, yeah, this juice situation uh, elimination schedule that I'm on right now. Oh this my is. God, you're so- <laughs> I can't believe this. <laughs> this is uh, this is only until we get to the draft. Uh, so uh, and then after that, we'll reevaluate. Oh Maybe then God. I will have to buy myself some morning complete. And oh spend spend the money on that. All right. So on that note, if you guys have any questions for us about 
elimination. sluggish eliminations, maybe Drew Lock. Um, what else? Relationships. We haven't talked about one of those in a while. Brett roasted me about that about ten minutes ago. Oh right, right. Well, I mean, you can ask me relationship advice, I guess. Um, and let's see, what else? D- dog or child parenting? Financial advice. Financial advice. I just got myself a Peloton. I can tell you all about APR if you're interested in it. Um, <laughs> Is that something on the Peloton or you just mean like 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 percentage because okay, it's expensive. Sure. You, know, okay, you put on sure. a credit card. We have, we have talked about – I'm buying uh, a new car. Oh, wow. We've, ta- we've now talked about juicing and Peloton. Like there are a lot of people that are like F these two L.A., you know, yeah, that's coastal the thing. You would, If you went on to a Peloton for 30 minutes and you did a workout with Jen Sherman, you will be eliminating because nothing oh, yeah. gets me going better in the morning than a 30 minute ride with Jen Sherman. Boom. There we go. All right. Uh, please leave us a voicemail for a future episode at 888-85-YAHOO. That's 888-859-2466. You can follow us on Twitter and submit your questions to at Yahoo Fantasy as well. I'm at Liz Loza underscore FF. That guy over there who's going to run out of here and eliminate is at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. No, I'm good. I'm already on track for the day. Yeah, Thank I you. guess he's like, what, it's four o'clock our time? He's already had like Has three. Has he had two or three eliminations? Have you had your nighttime boom bee yet? We'll be back next week with a special guest to talk about the incoming class of rookie running backs and it's going to be a good one. I will not be here. I will be in Nashville getting my hot chicken on early. You're in Nashville pregame. <laughs> hey, can I get one plug in before we sign oh, off? Christ. Everybody watched the fantasy already. What else do you have now? So we're doing a Game of Thrones live recap show every Monday after the show airs at 10 a.m. Pacific. It'll be me and John Nichols, LeJethro Jenkins, NBA specialist. We'll also be joined by a special guest every week. And uh, watch it live on Twitter at Yahoo Sports. I know 10 who a.m. the Pacific. first guest is, and this person could have played a character on Game of Thrones. Boom. So watch it or else. Win big. Come for the football, stay for the pooping. And the dragons. <laughs> <laughs>